Welcome to another episode of Chapel Hill Thrill presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Pretty good week for UNC Athletics. Uh, They played an FCS opponent in football, finally got back on the right track with a 59-7 win. Basketball team played last night, got a key win against Radford. Always good to start the season 1-0. And, of course, we got the big one this week, the rivalry game on Saturday against Duke, who will be without Riley Leonard, which is something we're going to talk about. But, nonetheless, rivalry, always got to get up for it, always got to be prepared. I'm here with my guy, longtime friend, Bryant Balkum, one of the biggest Tar Heel fans out. He's a UNC alum. He covers Canes now in the hockey sphere. How are you, Bryant? Doing well. How are you? Appreciate you having me. Of course, man. You know, I'm doing I'm doing well. Uh looking forward to uh to this weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Hopefully UNC can kind of break the curse they've been on. We'll talk a little bit about that later, but definitely want to hit a little bit on the Campbell game first. Don't want to spend too much time on it because, you know, we talked about this before I hit record, but FCS opponent, you know, that's a game that you're supposed to take care of business in. However, First quarter, you know, it was it was a little concerning. I was kind of sitting here like, did we really just let Campbell march down the field on the first drive? Then they settled in. So what was your biggest takeaway from the game last Saturday? I mean, like you said, FCS opponent, you, you'd hope they do the things that uh, they did, um, even if it didn't happen in the first quarter. Uh, you know, the first quarter, they didn't get pressure on the quarterback. One thing I saw with, eight, with five sacks, um, that was a, a real difference maker. Against Georgia Tech, they had zero. Um, UVA, they had two. So two in the previous combined games when they had losses, um, getting five sacks, just putting pressure on the quarterback um, was nice to see, even if it didn't happen in the first quarter. Um, I'd say that was the biggest thing. The defense, the offense, you knew they were going to show up. They have every game so far. Um, but the defense just getting that pressure and forcing uh, four turnovers it was huge. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at it. I, I sent out a tweet after the first quarter, and I was like, I mean, I was pissed because – they gave up 109 yards in the first quarter to Campbell. That's in a long four touch four. on third and goal as well. Yeah, it's like that team's four and four on an FCS schedule. And then, you know, they only ended up getting like a little over 200 yards for the rest for the total of the game. But it's, it was frustrating, man. And, you know, it, it just kind of speaks to the issues of like, if they are susceptible to drives against Campbell, that shows you why against a team like Georgia Tech or a team like Virginia, they lost. But, you know, what what did you see in terms of, like we keep, you know, emphasizing this was something they were supposed to do, a game they were supposed to blow the opponent out. But what were some things you saw kind of in a positive light? Uh, like I mentioned before, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback, uh, that was nice. We hadn't done that before. And coming in, you know, I was hoping this would be a bounce back game per se. We were waiting for it to happen after we lost to UVA. We thought it was going to be the week the defense showed up again. Um, and they did solid stop in the run, which they have not done. Um, you know, 102 yards on the ground, it's not ideal, but on a 42 rushes, it's, it's really good defensive effort. Um, 
And, you know, Campbell did have to throw the ball 37 times because they were down. But just stopping the run, which they had been really bad against UVA and Georgia Tech, I, I liked. Um, and just nice to see the defense have a positive game and build some momentum uh, after two back-to-back down weeks. Yeah, so that kind of leads to, to the next question. Is like, all right, we're sitting here with a quarterback who could go number one overall. He's without question the best quarterback that's ever played at the University of North Carolina. He's a freak talent. They're the third-ranked offense in college football. You know, I ask you the question, why can the defense not just be serviceable? Like, realistically, what do you think the defense has to do to give this offense a chance to win any game they play? I guess the easy question or answer is just to stop the run. Um, Easy to say, but apparently hard for them to do. Uh, That was kind of their downfall the last two games. I mean, you would think with an offense that UNC has, it'd be less pressure on the defense because they don't have to be perfect. They could have an average game and go out and win. Um, and that just hasn't been the case. And I would say at least make a team one-dimensional. Um, it's just hard. It's, it's hard for them to do, but that's probably the easiest answer I can give you. Yeah, it's that's what's so frustrating is obviously the Chiefs, it's a little different this year. They have elite defense this year. But in years past – the Chiefs have not had a good defense, and they've realized we have Patrick Mahomes. We have an elite offense. If we just do enough, if we just hold a team to 28 points, we can win. And that's that's where it really just – it really stings because it's like, you know, the Virginia game, there was a few bad offensive possessions. Some key um, drops, unfortunately. Some, some key drops very early uh, by Nate McCollum. A couple interesting calls, but it's like, you know, the defense gave up so many yards. And they they honestly still should have won that game is what's Mm -hmm. crazy. But then you look at the Georgia Tech game, and that one's the unacceptable one because it's like your offense went out and put up 40. Mm -hmm. And you were up 40 to nothing. Yeah, Yeah. and it's like if you can't be serviceable enough to win in that situation, then it's like what do you need? And that's where I want to transition to Duke because now you're coming into a week where we're back in the trap, Bryant. Mm-hmm. We're two touchdown. We're two touchdown favorites. So, what what does that mean as, as a as a UNC fan? We expect us to fully bottle this game because that's just kind of the mo. But we're talking about a Duke team that is without Riley Leonard. They started a freshman at quarterback last week, and he did not look good against a bad Wake team. They're like the 97th-ranked offense, but they're like the 26th-ranked defense. And then you look at UNC, they're the third-ranked offense, and they're like the 90-something-ranked defense. So which which unit do you think is more important in this game? Do you think it's, it's Duke's defense or UNC's offense? Who? That's a good one. Um, I, honestly, I, I'd say UNC's offense, which has been really good, and we've seen that week in and week out. Um, but, you know, Duke's defense has been solid, one of the best in the conference, if not the best. Um, and UNC's offense has to show up because if it comes again where the, it's a close game and it comes down to the, our defense making a stop, um, I'm just not sure if that's going to happen because they haven't shown the ability to do that. So for me, I think it's the UNC offense 
um, making sure they continue to make plays. It shouldn't be on them, but it has come to the point where they have to put up a lot of points. Um, and I think they're going to have to do so against a team that's only allowing 15.7 uh, per game. Yeah, I hate to agree, but I do because it's like that it almost feels like if they don't score on every drive, we're not going to win. Mm-hmm. And that's not a situation that they should be in ever. Um, that's where I'm concerned, though, is like UNC's kryptonite is physical teams. Like, mm-hmm. and that is what Duke is. They match the physicality of Notre Dame. They they matched the physicality of Florida State up until Riley Leonard went out. Like, I just worry because if it comes down to a battle in the trenches and UNC has to win an ugly game, I just don't know if they can. Like, even against a freshman quarterback, I am fully expecting Duke to come out and score 28-plus points because the defense just – they're they're just not good. I don't I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's personnel. I don't know if it's just lack of effort. But they're just not good, and that's the concern, man. Like you're going to be playing a Duke team that really they're not great offensively. Like they're the opposite of what UNC is. Their defense is going to be elite. Their offense just has to be good enough. And I worry about that in a UNC matchup, man. Like, does that not worry you a little bit? I mean, it does because you're just waiting for for UNC to get hit in the mouth and how do they respond, um, especially on the defensive end. And one of the things I worry about the most is a backup quarterback. We've seen UNC, how they fared against backup quarterbacks for their five losses last year or against backup quarterbacks. Um, and then and here comes another one um, this week with Duke and also – I think Duke, they have nothing to lose, much like UVA and Georgia Tech. If you lose, you're supposed to lose this game. But if you win, I mean, it's, it's a great win. Put some pressure on them and see what happens. I'm just worried about UNC. If they have pressure put on them, how are they going to respond? The offense has shown up. Um, we've seen that uh, in the defense. So it went back against the wall again. How are they going to respond? What's going to happen? Um, I'm curious to see that even with a, a struggling quarterback, um, just not sure what to expect, quite honestly. Yeah, and th- see, that's where I draw the comparisons, and it does it does scare me because I look at Virginia and Georgia Tech, two teams that really aren't very capable of getting stops, that UNC moved the ball down the field on pretty easily. And even in doing that, the defense still could not get stops. Now we're in a situation where I promise you Duke is going to get stops. Mm-hmm. Like – UNC is an elite offense, one of the best in the nation, but Duke will get a few stops. And that's where I worry because it, you know, let's say it's one of those games where like UNC gets out to a seven nothing lead and then Duke stops some three straight possessions. That's, that's where teams have killed us. We get out to an early lead and then the offense gets stopped two to three times. Next thing you know, 14 or 17 point swing, completely different ball game. And that's what I worry about with this game. I'm just genuinely hoping that they don't let a freshman quarterback who just threw for like 120 yards and a pick and a touchdown against Wake light them up because Wake doesn't have a great defense either. So that'd be that'd be a little embarrassing. But 
I think it, it comes down to like UNC, the past two games they've had against AC teams, so Georgia Tech and Virginia, they've been up 10 points in the third quarter. That has been their chance to their defense to get one stop, and you trust your offense to get a score after that. Even if it's just a field goal, do something to extend that lead. They've been up 10, and both times they've lost that lead. And I think it just comes down to like that is when you're going to have to get that big stop because you know Duke is going to get a stop. But how many can we get when it comes down to it? And that's that's what worries me. Even when you're against a quarterback who was through for under 50% last week, we yeah, saw and Tony Musket has struggled this season, and he fared pretty well against us. And Haynes King, he's been good at times. He's also struggled, and he played well, played good as well. Yeah, it's like they both lit us up. And this is where the ultimate issue lies: is does it make me more confident that Riley Leonard is not playing? Absolutely, because Riley Leonard is a dual-threat quarterback. Mm -hmm. He can run. But then I look on the other side of things, and I'm like, does quarterback play even matter? Like, we've been getting gashed on the ground. Anyone can hand the ball off. Now, I will say it does make it easier to load the box if you you don't have to worry about someone's arm and someone's receivers or someone's downfield plays. But you look at the Virginia – you look at the Virginia game. This man, like, he couldn't he couldn't throw the ball. And they still could not stop him on read options. They mm. knew exactly what he was going to do. They still couldn't stop him. And that's where I get concerned. It's like, dude, if I'm Duke, I'm watching that tape, and I'm like, we might only throw the ball 12 times. We're just going to run read options and run for 300 yards. So it's, it's scary, man. But, like, wh- what is your biggest – What's your biggest key for UNC to come in here and, and take care of business as 14-point favorites? Honestly, you know, we mentioned the defense. For for me, it, it goes on both sides of the ball and just playing clean football. Avoid the penalties. UNC is 114th in the country in penalty yards per game at over 63. And the sad part is, and I know it goes towards the Miami game at home that was, you know, they were penalized um, an obscene amount of times, but they're at 73 penalty yards per game at home. They have to play clean football. I mean, we've seen it against UVA the go-ahead touchdown callback, a touchdown callback against Georgia Tech. The things like that uh, are just going to hurt you in, in the long run. You know, when you play a Campbell or Ryan Hampton touchdown run back, now you know you're going to win that game. It doesn't hurt you uh, that, or impact the outcome, but you hate to see things like that happen um, over and over. And I think just playing clean football, particularly on offense, the offensive line with penalties is, is going to be a, a big key in this one. Yeah, I think that's – that's a very, very big key because it's like you've got you've got a house and you've got a nice foundation and it's leaking. There's a leak in the house, and that leak is the defense. You gotta do things to keep that leak from becoming a flood. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're not doing. The problem is like you're they're mixing they're mixing eleven penalties in with terrible defensive performances. And that's just that's like putting that's putting fuel on the fire, man. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not a good formula. Um, You're just asking for more trouble with, with that. Exactly. It's like, and at the end of the day, like yeah, there's been some pretty poorly officiated moments, but like, I just simply I I can't blame the refs for Virginia and Georgia Tech. Like I have to blame the team for a lack of discipline because it's like, first off, you shouldn't be in a one possession game with those teams. Second off. Like, uh, some of the things that they're doing are, like, egregious, like Mm -hmm. anyone would call them. And 
it, it's bad, man. I all I, that's all I want to see. Like you're seven and two. Um, you're most likely unless some a lot of stuff goes your way, you're most likely not making the ACC championship. So just focus up, take care of business Saturday, move to eight and two. Then you've got a brutal one in Death Valley. And then you've got State, and that's going to be a brutal one too because for some reason it always is. Just focus in, find a way to finish the season 10 and 2, get yourself in a nice New Year's bowl game. And, you know, then then I'm feeling a little better because at the end of the day, like this team's fun, this team's great, this team's talented, but they weren't ever really good enough to win a title. So it's mm-hmm. like I take that with a grain of salt. You know, it's I'm not too upset that that they're not going to be in the playoff or anything like that. Um, it would have been cool for Drake, but I don't think they had it in them. But, yeah, that's all I want to see, man. Just show me some grit and some determination down the stretch. All that being said, what's your final prediction for Saturday? <sighs> that's a good question. Like I said, hopefully our, our defense shows up. Um, I don't think our offense is going to put up as many points as they have. If they do, that will be their best performance of the year against this really strong defense. Um, I, I'll give you a prediction of and hopefully 24 to 14 UNC. Um, we'll, we'll see if that holds up. That's just what I'm feeling right now. Hopefully the defense, I'm, I'm putting trust in them. They, you know, they've proved me wrong, but I'm going to give them one more chance and hope they um, can shut down the freshman quarterback and give me some hope going into the, the rough final two games of the season on the road. I'm with you. I think the defense, I think the defense will be, will be better. You know, they're not going to be great, but I do think playing a team like Campbell does help in terms of it gives them confidence. And, you know, that's always great. I, my prediction is going to be 28-17. Um, so basically what we're saying is if you're better, take Duke to cover the spread because I don't see them I don't see them winning this game by 14 points. I'll be I don't either. Honestly – and I don't even think it'll be any kind of backdoor cover by Duke. I could see it being a little bit closer. I think one thing where uh, you know, kind of not even thinking about, or that I wasn't until just this past week, was how much the field position game has hurt us too. And they just have to be good, be good about what, with you know, putting the ball, pinning the, the opponent inside the twenty. Um, Duke has the second um, highest net punting average in the country. Um, which with that defense, if, if they can do that with their defense, UNC could be in some trouble. But I also have to just win the special teams battle too that that could be something that comes down to it even if it's just a matter of one team covering the spread or not yeah i think that's kind of the slept on thing that like no one's talking about is a big part of the reason that unc hasn't been good is ben kiernan got hurt and when he got hurt the special teams became a disaster the punts became 20 yards shorter on a net average teams got 20 yards closer to our end zone every time they started mm-hmm. drives. Like those those punts that were pinning guys within the 10 is all of a sudden giving them the ball at the 25 or the 30. That that killed UNC. Like that was a that was a bad that was a bad injury. Like and it's it's one of those things you don't really notice it because when UNC was you know beating Pittsburgh, Miami, um, Syracuse, Minnesota by multiple touchdowns you're not really thinking about it because it's not directly impacting the game. It might make it closer, but you know, the end result wasn't going to change because of it. Um, Yeah, no, it's like it was hidden because, but then it's like you said, like when you start to get down to the, when you start to get down to the, 
to the nitty gritty in these close games, every play matters, every snap matters, every movement matters, and that's when you start to notice special teams, penalties, defense. So yeah, I mean it's it's a mess, but let's just hope they can finish the season ten and two, man. And let's maybe even hope you know Miami can pull through for us and beat Louisville. Virginia Tech's going to lose some more games. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about that, but Louisville, you know, let's hope let's hope they can they can lose, man. Let, let's hope they can lose to Miami and then. Ma- Let's hope Hunter's UVA can, can come in and get another win on the road like he did against us you know, at yeah. Louisville Thursday. Let's just hope Tony Musket, if he's a quarterback this week, can um, do what they did to us to get to Louisville. Yeah, that's what makes it so bad, man. Like Virginia just lost 45-17 to 17 to Georgia mm-hmm. Tech. Like the Georgia Tech game, yes, it sucked, but like at least Georgia Tech's like a bowl team. Like they're a, mm-hmm. uh, you know – like and even all, if even if UNC would have beaten Virginia, I would have absolutely circled Georgia Tech as a potential trap. Hundred percent, hundred percent, because they always give us hell, anyways. And mm-hmm. you know that's, but that's like a respectable team. Like if you lose to to Georgia Tech, it's whatever. But the Virginia one is the one that's bad because if you win the Virginia one and you're eight and one right now and you finish eleven and one, you're still in the ACC title game and you still have a chance to where if you beat Florida State, you could get in the playoff. Mm-hmm. But the Virginia one's the heartbreaker, man. Like Georgia Tech just so happened to like be there on the back to back. If UNC was seven and zero, like they still could have easily lost that game. So mm-hmm. Virginia's the, the dagger, man, because that team's probably not going to win another game. They're probably going to go two and ten or like three and nine max. And that's what makes it so disappointing. But yeah, I mean, thankfully we don't have to dwell as much on the football team anymore because basketball season started yesterday. Um, It's a pretty, it's one of the more I'd say amped up, not in terms of expectation for a group, but amped up in terms of what are they going to do for Mm -hmm. a group in recent UNC basketball memory, simply because they are coming off of, might I say the most historically bad season ever? Like you're the preseason number one, you don't make the tournament, and you know, you get rid of Caleb Love, who I mean, I'm always gonna gonna rock with Caleb because of what he did in the tournament and because of what he did to Duke, but a lot of people did blame him for the issues, you know, locker room issues. He was a black hole on offense, you know, it's a lot of people blame him for that. Well, he's not there anymore. RJ and Armando come back, and you basically revamp the entire roster around them. You lose base, half the roster to the portal. Hubert did a great job in the portal. They get Cado to reclassify. Um, they bring in Zayden High. Um, and they just bring back Trimble and Jalen Washington. So it's basically four returners and the portal and two freshmen. Um, and they're looking for redemption, but it's not a normal redemption team because normally redemption teams are like the same the same group. Mm-hmm. And this team is not. It's a completely different identity. Um, what were your first takeaways with, you know, we know what to expect from RJ and Armando at this point. What were your first takeaways with the UNC newcomers? I mean, for the most part, I think they all looked good. Um, you know, Cormac Ryan, we know he can shoot the basketball three for seven from three. Um, and I know he's even capable of being better than that. He looked good. Harrison Ingram's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He can score. He can make those passes, um, make those plays on defense. 
uh, you know, he can win a game in multiple ways. And I think we'll see that as the season goes on. was impressed with that. The newcomers, um, Cadeau, he had a couple of turnovers that I was fine with. He's a freshman trying to make a good play, and you know where his head's at. Um, and, and he he was efficient. He cut those down after um, towards the end of the game. Zayden High was strong down low. Uh, I kind of think everyone did their part well. They did have some lapses and some mistakes, but they can clean that up, and they were with the right intentions, and I'm okay with that, especially if I'm Hubert Davis. I'm seeing um, these guys hustling too. That was a big thing. They were just out hustling uh, Rafford at times, and I could appreciate that and see um, you know, something we didn't always see last year, and I'm excited to see it, even if it's um, first game of the season. Let's hope that continues. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I think a lot of the issues last year just simply boil down to, like, physicality and effort. I think they have a lot of guys that want to try and a lot mm-hmm. of guys that will be physical now. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I do think the team defense is going to struggle in certain matchups. You know, they're just they don't have a lot of individual defensive talent. Like mm-hmm. Ingram's the best one on one, either Ingram or Trimble are the best one on one defender on the team, you, but they're not leaky. Like leaky would take people's best players out of the game. So that's going to be a struggle. But I mean, just in terms of everything else, like I loved what I saw from Cormac. He played the most minutes on the team. He wasn't scared to shoot. He plays hard on defense. He doesn't have any fear. Um, Cadeau, I mean, I just, I'm so, I'm so in on Cadeau. Like I, the Cadeau stock is so high. Like that dude's playmaking is special. Um, it's, it's tough. Like he's going to be so good by the end of the year. Um, and I just think he's got to start. That's my only thing. Like at some point, Cadeau's got to be a starter. Only other thing I'd say is Paxson. Um, Paxson, I want to see him shoot more. Like, he passed up a lot of open shots. And, you know, the first one was knockdown, so I don't really know why he did that. But, yeah, I mean, I like the group. I like the direction they're going in. Um, what is your what is your prediction for their non-con schedule? What What do you think they, they go in the non-con? Because it's a pretty tough non-con road. I'm not sure I can give it an exact, you know, number of wins or losses. I you know, they're, they're going to drop a non-conference game and probably multiple. That's just how UNC teams have been in the past. And I think, especially with this lineup, I would much rather lose a game, um, whether it be in Atlantis or, you know, against UConn uh, or even Tennessee, maybe in Kentucky, uh, just working on the lineups. Because for me, I think they'll lose multiple non-conference games. And, you know, they're going to have times where we, we may just look, look rough. But I want to test these lineups out, um, kind of see where we can go with that. Because – we're talented, and UNC's talented. There's no doubt, doubt about it, and they have plenty of depth. But I want to see how those rotations work and just test out whether it's a small lineup or a bigger lineup. Just, just try it out. Uh, I think that they're going to lose at least, I'd say probably at least three games in the non-conference slate. Um, I, I'd, I'd hope not. Obviously, I want them to go undefeated. But we've seen in the past that's kind of how UNC teams do. They'll lose games in the early going. But – it, it helps them prepare for the end of the year. And, you know, they're not – Kubert's not going to have their iron five or whatever you want to call it out this year. Um, I think he's learned more to use the bench. And we may lose games because of that in the beginning. But I think when we get to February, March, um, that'll pay dividends and it'll be what we um, should do at, at this point of the season. Yeah, it's – I'm glad they're playing a tough non-con. Um, most of the Blue Bloods are this year. Mm-hmm. I, they are. I mean, I like to see it. They're going to lose some games. I don't think they're going to beat UConn. I don't think they're going to beat Tennessee. 
I do think they can beat Kentucky. Um, Kentucky's young. By the end of the year, Kentucky will probably be better, but um, I mean, like, I'd rather see that than them go, you know, ten and zero, like, and lose one game in the Atlantis Championships. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I just. I, I, this is my realistic thing. They've got five quote-unquote buy games. I'm only going to say four because UNI is not a buy game. <laughs> that team is notorious for beating Blue Bloods. So they got four, so that'll be 4-0. I don't see them losing to Oklahoma. Um, I, I don't see them losing to Northern Iowa, so I'll give them 6-0. If they play Villanova or Texas Tech in the second round like they should of Atlantis, I think they win that. I don't think they'll beat Arkansas. So that's one loss. I don't think they'll beat Tennessee. I don't think they'll beat UConn. But I do think they'll win all their other non-con games. And if they can start the season with those wins and be 9-3, and I'm going to be a happy guy. Mm -hmm. Very, very happy guy. So what's your ceiling? And what's your floor for this team? I mean, everybody for ceiling, you know, you, you want to say national championship team. And I think UNC has a talent to make it far in the tournament. Um, I'd say their ceiling would be anywhere in the, in the second weekend. Um, now, that's if you're playing against, you know, teams that, that you're supposed to play against that are better than you. That's just kind of how I look at it. Their floor, I don't see UNC missing the tournament. I'd say their floor is making the tournament, losing the first round. Uh, I just don't see it. They have too much talent and depth. Now, how that talent works and meshes together is a little different. That's kind of what I'm waiting to see because there's so many moving parts and new pieces. You kind of want to see how that's going to look um, throughout the season. But I, I, they're not going to miss a tournament again. But as far as their ceiling goes, I, I, they had the talent to make it even to, to the Final Four, but that's a lot has to go your way to get there. Um, and uh, I'm just not sure if I can truly see that happening without a little bit of help. Yeah, I would say I don't know if they're – I don't think they're quite good enough to win a title. I do think they could be good enough to make like a deep tournament run, like an mm-hmm. Elite Eight tournament run, maybe the Final Four if they get hot. But I think the thing I'm happy about with this team is their floor is like they're in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like – they're going to be a top five team in the ACC. They're going to get in. We're not going to have to see what we saw last year. So, I mean, that's that's definitely something to build on when you just had the most, like, depressing season of UNC hoops ever. So, yeah, I mean, the only thing that, that really does suck is uh, I, I think – I hate to say it, but Duke's probably the best team in the nation. Um, it sucks, but – if we could just get one win against Duke, I'll be a happy camper. Yeah, I mean, I know Duke, Duke shot the basketball pretty well last night. I still think their outside shooting could cause them problems. And with us shooting strongly, you know, you never know if we get hot um, from uh, beyond the arc. And, you know, they also had a lineup with, with Philip House get the five. I think personally UNC could, could kind of exploit that if they get that against Duke on the boards. Um, Duke is certainly, if not the best team um, – or the second or third at worst, however people want to look at it. You can throw arguments out for a couple other teams. Um, 
I think UNC has a talent to, to be to hang with any team in the country. The matter is how well is our defense going to be and how are they going to shoot? Um, you know, night in, night out. We saw that last year with some certain players. They'd have a great stretch and then they'd go cold for a week at, or two at a time. Um, but yeah, hopefully at UNC uh, they can take one from Duke. But it's, like I said, we have to see when we get there how how we're looking and it's even just injury wise how healthy we are. Yeah, it's. That's that's why I'm excited, man. I'm excited for Tennessee and UConn because I do want to see what this team is made of. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I just, all it comes down to to me is if they lose games because they're not hitting shots, I'm perfectly fine with that. Mm-hmm. Just do not go out there and get bullied. Don't go out there and get pushed around. Don't go out there and show no effort on defense. All I want to see is effort and heart. If you give those two things, you're a top 20 team in the nation. You, the talent's going to be there. Like, There's going to be games where you're off, but the talent's going to play you into a top 20 spot if you just actually care on both sides of the ball and show effort. But, yeah, I mean, it's exciting times, man. Uh, unfortunately, early parts of the season, so we have to wait an eternity until the next UNC basketball game. But on the bright side, we do get – the football team on Saturday and the basketball team on Sunday. So it's a little back-to-back action. So for you Tar Heel addicts out there, it's going to be a good weekend. Uh, Bryant, I appreciate you joining us, man. Before we go, let the people know where, where they can find your stuff on social media, man. Tell them to hit you with a follow. Yeah, my Twitter is just at Bryant underscore Balcom, B-A-U-C-O-M, zero two on Twitter. Um, you can see my stuff there on Hurricanes Hockey and maybe some hot takes about UNC football or basketball, depending on how the game goes. You might see me get a little upset or, or um, have some hot takes out there, but feel free to shoot me a follow. Happy to, to connect with any UNC fans or just college sports fans in general. Yeah, I mean, if you're a UNC guy, I promise you, you're going to want to follow Brian. He's most hated by like half of NC State Twitter, half of Duke Twitter. He, he's, he's public enemy number one. But all right, you guys, what an episode, what a time. That concludes yet another edition of the Chapel Hill Thrill. You guys know the vibes, like I say every weekend. Be safe and make sure that you're tapped in and supporting UNC Athletics. Until next time, we'll see you guys. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.